welcome to Talking Fit. Uh, once again, I'm Paul from Fitness Evolved. I'm here with Luke, as always, from uh, Zen Anatomy Sports Therapy. And today we are joined by Ty from Running to Be Cancer. So hello to both of you. Let's kick things off then. Ty, in just two, three minutes, just give us a little background um, of you and this uh, the Running to Be Cancer challenge that you've undertaken this year. Hi guys, thanks Paul. Um, yeah, so my name's Ty Daly and um, this year I am running to beat cancer. So uh, I came up with this challenge uh, back end of last year and the idea is, was, um, to run 15 marathons, ultra marathons and obstacle course races during 2020, raising money for children's cancer charities. So I'm supporting two children's cancer charities which is Children with Cancer UK and High Five for Ollie, uh, which is a, a private charity fund supporting um, my mate Lucy's little boy. We've raised just over six and a half thousand pounds so far for the charities. And that is thanks in no small part to my four key sponsors. So I'm going to shamelessly name drop these guys right at the very beginning. So we've got First Off IT, um, it's the firm that I work for. We've got Shepherd's Health, and uh, they are strength and conditioning physiotherapy here in Dunmo in Essex. Uh, Blue Marine Travel and Fuelbox. So there we go. Shameless uh, sponsor plugs done. Um, but joking aside, those guys have been instrumental to the amount of money that we've been able to raise. Um, yeah, that's me. It's Running to Beat Cancer. Ultra Tour 2020 slash 2020. So why don't we kick things off there off then um if you just give us an idea kind of pre-covid 19 and everything going a bit tits up what were the the main events you were going to be doing obviously you've said ultras marathons and obstacle course races um just go into a little bit more detail about those events and kind of the okay thing. So, um, yeah, the, the plan was I got myself a rat race season pass. So that gives you entry to all the rat race events. And they tend to run from sort of March through to about October. And then I bookended that with a few others. So the first event was the Avalanche Adventures Blade Runner Ultra. And that is sort of following the fan dance route, the SAS selection route up in, uh, in Penifan. So start at the bottom by the Story Arms at the red phone box at six o'clock in the morning, pitch black, freezing cold in January. And it's 30 miles through, through the Welsh mountains in the freezing cold and the wind. And, and it's great. And the second, event, the second event was an Endurance Life one. Endurance Life run uh, a lot of really cool trail ultras. And that was in South Devon. So it was 34 miles and it was near Solcombe. And if anyone's been to Solcombe, you'll know it's really, really hilly. I thought the Welsh mountains were hilly. The, uh, the Devon coast is also hilly. And then we did the first rat race event. So me and Paul went to Scotland and we did the mighty deer stalker twice. So we did the double. We got two laps of the deer stalker in. That is sort of an OCR, but the obstacles are the fact that it's night and it's on a downhill mountain bike circuit in the Scottish mountains. And you're going up the downhill as well as and down. you're going up the, and you're going up the downhill. <laughs> wait, wait, so wait a second, that's a downhill mountain biking route. It's a it's, it's a downhill mountain bike circuit. Obviously, it's coned not off. The whole thing, but, um, but there's big a big bar. Yeah, yeah. There's big sections of it. There's big sections of it. You're running along and thinking this would be really really cool on a bike. But yeah, so we did that, and that was the week before the lockdown. The plan from there 
was the Ultra Tour of Aaron. So again, running it with Paul, that was going to be uh, an ultra marathon on Saturday around the north of the Isle of Arran, followed by another ultra marathon on the Sunday around the south of Arran. So that would have been 60 miles in total over the weekend. It looked stunning. The weather was stunning and we weren't there. And then there's the Rat Race Dirty Weekend. So the Rat Race Dirty Weekend, it's 20 miles, 250 obstacles, uh, proper old school OCR in the grounds of Burley House. That is obviously not happening either. Uh, they are doing a virtual event. We'll maybe come on and talk yeah. about virtual events and in just a little to while. Quickly, um, jump yeah. in for anyone who doesn't know, OCR is obstacle course racing. Yeah. So m- most of what I'm doing this year is uh, is marathon running or ultra marathon running. It's all trail. It's all in the sort of 25 to 35 mile a day. Some of them are single days. Some of them are two days, 60, 70 mile events, um, and they're mostly just trail running. There's a few OCRs in there, so uh, monkey bars, crawling through tunnels, lots of mud. Uh, yeah, Google OCR and you'll you'll understand exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And the Dirty Weekend is one of those. And then from there, the Rat Race Man versus series, so Man versus Mountain, Man versus Lakes, and Man versus Coast. They are all in the sort of 20, 23, 24 to 30 mile range. They're all brilliant. Yeah. I've done some of them before. And then, yeah, go, carrying on through the year, it's, it's the same thing. So July, August, September, October, similar kinds of events. And then the back end of the year, November, December, was going to be a bit more of the endurance life uh, ultramarathons. And then December, I was going to wrap it all up. And may still, may still do, but it, obviously it won't be wrapping it up. A Santa Dash, a nice 3K dressed as public. And as you said, obviously that was pre COVID-19, things have changed quite a lot in the last few weeks. And am I right in saying now that all events up until at least September are now gone? They're they're off the table. Yeah. So Um, I've done three events so far this year. The next six events have been cancelled. That takes us through to September. I wouldn't be at all surprised if the October events are cancelled. A lot of this is down to the fact that they are big events. Uh, there are a lot of people coming yeah. together and they also take a lot of organizing and sort of pre-planning with landowners and insurers and and the teams that run them. So it's not just a case of saying, oh, they've lifted the lockdown. We can run one of these events in a week. It doesn't work like that. Now, I know, Luke, you were interested to find out about with the cancellations and with this year being kind of the, the running to beat cancer year. Yeah. Are you now going to be running kind of solo events virtual events or are you just going to put things off until next year or is it kind of a a bit of a mixture is it all a bit up in the air at the moment it's kind of a bit of a mixture and it's kind of a bit up in the air so um one of the sort of key premises behind uh running to beat cancer was running 15 marathons ultra marathons and ocrs in a year so i've run ultra marathons before and i've run ocrs before and as my friends and family will know, um, if you do this kind of thing for fun all the time, it's difficult to say, oh, can you dip into your pocket? Can you dip into your pocket? Can you dip into your pocket? So I wanted to do something that was a little bit out there, a little bit nuts. And people would look at and go, 15, ultras, and mar- you're a bit mad, aren't you? So to that extent, I am going to do this again in 2021. It, it will happen again in 2021. 
rat race are allowing people to defer either the whole season pass or individual events through to next year and hopefully the events that are being cancelled outside of that uh, rat race um, firm will also be running full strength next year because these companies are going to be wanting to make up the losses from 2020. Um, and partly I want to support that as well. You know, the, the firms that put this on, they have huge overheads with equipment and people, insurance and marketing. And I think 2021 is going to be really important for them. What I'm yeah. also going to do yeah, is as much uh, sort of flagship running as I can this year. So uh, Paul, you touched on virtual events. Rat Race are running a few. Partly because they want to keep their image up, partly because they want um, their their members and their uh, their customers to get involved and have something to do, and partly because they've got lots of medals left over which have already been ordered and paid for. So the Dirty Weekend is being run virtually. So you run 20 miles anywhere of your choice in one day, and you send your Strava or your whatever your your chosen. Um, yeah. Strava. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one. To to the Rat Race events team, and they send you a medal. And I'm thinking, and this is something that that we could have a chat about, maybe um, Paul and Luke, is the Rat Race Dirty Weekend was 20 miles and 200 obstacles. So going for a 20 mile run seems like a bit of a cop out. Thinking maybe we should throw some kind of circuit training in, so every mile you have to do something, and that that could be a cool way of, of, of pepping that up and making it a bit more exciting. They're also doing uh, the wall, so the wall was going to be 70 miles along Hadrian's Wall in June. Rat Race's virtual version is really targeted at being a bit more inclusive. So, if you run 70 miles in June and put that up on your Strava or Map My Run they will send you a medal for that. Again, it's, it's six or seven quid, I think, to, to join that. And if you do run regularly, or even if you don't run regularly and you want a target, so you can put the miles in in June, then, um, then do that. I'm not going to do it in 30 days. I'm not convinced I'm going to do it in two days, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but the plan is to make some kind of challenge out of that and, and make it more exciting than just running. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's something like that is very, very scalable. Um, 70 miles over 30 days is, call it two miles a day, it's a bit more than that. But for them doing two days, you've got 35 miles a day, which is obviously very hard. So you've got very, not very easy, but very easy for someone who is trained in running and endurance at one end, and very hard for the vast majority of people at the other end. But then you've got the kind of, you could do it in a week, and 10 miles a day for a week is, you know, that's not a small small undertaking at all because they're feeling that by day seven yeah 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 exactly you get up on day seven and think i'm not sure i want to go running again but let's let's go running again let's do it i think by day four or five you'd start to feel it Mm. and everything else beyond that yeah by 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 the end of that you'll you'll be fine for somebody who's as well conditioned as you currently are yeah um, (laughs) you can see why they've opened up 30 days for a number for everybody else because like you said, they've got these medals sitting here and they've got to be used somehow. Yeah, yeah, and they want to get people field. involved. I mean, these yeah. these little events, I mean, Aaron had, what, 500 people? The wall yeah. had, what, probably about the same. And that's a very small, very niche group of people. And they spend the whole year marketing to get these people involved. Um, so to sign up in less than three months, uh, enough people to make it 
work and, and to make it a, a good thing. Run stock, I think, is something which, which we can talk about in, for a little bit uh, longer. So the next Rat Race virtual event is Run Stock. And the premise behind Runstock is to get families involved, get other people involved. So it's everybody goes camping somewhere in the north and um, you run as many laps of a 5k route as you can uh, over the weekend or as you want to, interspersed with, you know, eating and enjoying being outside and, and camping. So the virtual Runstock is the same premise. Uh, pick a 5k route somewhere near your house or several 5k routes and run as many 5k routes as you can on the 5th, 6th and 7th of June. So I'll definitely be doing that and I will be aiming for 10 laps um, or more. So definitely be aiming for ultra distance. And I think, Paul, you said you were thinking of doing something with it. Yeah, so I'm, I've am i signed up to do it as a rat race event and what I have said to um, Fitness of Old members and I'll you know open it up to, to anyone really is come and join me in doing that um sign up to the event um if you want to get the medal and the wristbands and stuff that they're doing if you just want to be part of something that weekend then just come and join us without signing up to it do your laps i will schedule like zoom calls throughout the weekend we can have little pit stop meetings and people can have a chat about how they're getting on and motivated and everything just turn it into like a big group thing make it as social as possible whilst maintaining the the distance try and make it a really sociable socially distanced social event, event basically yeah exactly yeah. a really well distanced social event a virtual um, social group running event yeah and we've still got six weeks so you know even if someone is starting from nothing now they could get to a point where they could do three 5k loops or two 5k loops over those three days you have got to do one and you've completed it yeah you're saying so this, you're is, this is the 10. beauty of run stock so i think the idea behind run stock is to get involved with families and kids and yeah. people who for maybe actually going and running 5k that is their challenge you know if you don't run have never run are nursing an injury have a chronic illness are recovering from a major in, uh, in illness you know, running 5K is a challenge in itself and it's inclusive in, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. So in terms of, if we kind of go back a little bit to pre-COVID taking over, if we approach this next question as if there is no COVID-19, you're still doing all 15 events this year, mm-hmm. what are you doing to stop your body from falling apart, basically? Doing <laughs> that, that volume of events. Okay. What is, okay. And what is your training plan looking like? Okay, so my training plan now is looking pretty fluid. My training plan, uh, okay, so uh, next shameless name drop. James from Shepherd's Health, he has been helping me with strength and conditioning on this one. So uh, running-wise, my body has never responded well to high-volume running. I think this is something that needs to be understood from the beginning. Slightly. Because the sun is very, very bright. So obviously, with a body that doesn't respond well to high-volume running... 15 ultramarathons in a year was the perfect thing to yeah exactly it. It, suits, it, suits, it suits my style perfectly right um so no, this is the thing this is not i'm an ultramarathon runner and i'm raising some money for charity this is i run half marathons uh, and i've run the odd ultra here and there uh, and my body does not respond well to high volume training so my running essentially looks like a couple of short runs a week by short runs i mean 
10, 12K and a distance run a week, which started off at 10 miles and 12, 15, 18, 20, 22. And then the plan for this year was that my running, my, uh, my distance, get, keeping that distance in my legs, would be served by the events. When you run an ultramarathon, on average, more frequently than once a month, the goal is not to get more distance in your legs training. The goal is to recover, to rehab, to condition. Um, so there's lots of hamstring work, lots of ankle mobility work, lots of calf work. You know, it's about keeping mobility. It's about keeping my running technique good um, by keeping strength in different things. So I've struggled a little bit with uh, with ankle injury, sort of back end of last year coming into this year. So a lot of the training has been around making sure that that is looked after, but also that any weaknesses or any imbalances caused by that are addressed in training. So um, a lot of what I found was the tendon I can never remember the name of on the inside of my left ankle is, is damaged. But as a result, the part of my foot that hurt after the first ultra was not the bit that I damaged. It was all the tendons on the other side. <laughs> yeah, Luke, you're laughing because, because you know these things. <laughs> so a lot of my training is around making sure that I'm physically strong and making sure that the running, uh, I'm, I'm running fit. I'm not looking at pounding out hundreds of miles a week. I think something that's really important that you touched on quite early on there <clears throat> was running technique because so mm -hmm. many people, and I'm sure Luke, you'll agree with me on this, when it comes to running, they don't consider that there is a running technique, but that it's important. When you talk about the lifting weights and things, people will be really cautious going into a gym the first time because they don't want to hurt themselves by doing something wrong but when it comes to running they're quite happy to throw on a pair of trainers they've had for 25 years and go for a run around the streets with no real direction no real idea whether they're doing it properly and then a few days weeks months however long it takes at some point they hurt themselves and it's well, I have always heard that running is bad for your knees. That must just be what it is. Nothing to do with the fact that they never had any technique in the first place and their body was completely deconditioned and their posture was awful and led to poor technique and all these other problems. And so you mentioned hamstrings and glutes and ankles, mm -hmm. which when it comes to running are the key things that your power should be coming. We've spoken in previous episodes, power when you run should be coming from your hamstrings and your glutes. But most people, uh, certainly most people who drive to an office job every day have weak glutes, tight hamstrings and are very quad dominant. So it's almost the opposite of what you'd want for running, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. And I mean, this is, um, this is a problem that I've, I've faced sort of over the years because I sit down all the time I drive to an office I sit in an office and then I spent a lot of years lifting weights in the gym with no particular sport focus I mean I, I did OCRs but they were short um, so poor running technique or running endurance never really reared its ugly head so I did lots and lots of squatting to build up nice big beefy legs and um, then did lots of cycling 
And then when I wanted to get a bit fit, instead of driving to work, I cycled to work and then sat down all day. So I ended up massively quad dominant, Decided which is what you want when you go right. your quad dominant lifestyle with some quad dominant exercise to... Uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're wondering why yeah. I haven't do so much hamstring work now. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and, that, and that is a little bit of it. So, you know... Well, 11 years down the line. Spent some time with... Uh, with James, who said, just, just, just do, just do some squats to box for me. And I did two or three squats to box. He said, okay, right. So you're doing it all wrong. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> and, and, and here we are, I'm doing lots of hamstring and, uh, and glute and, and ankle and calf exercises and avoiding too much quad work because I've already got quad. Obviously, as you say, just lifestyle factors mean that most people are quite quad dominant. So perhaps bringing you in a bit more here, Luke, what would you say to most people who are not necessarily going to try and take on a challenge like Ty's taking on, but they want to go out and get a bit fit. They want to use running to help them get fit. What would you say are maybe the three key points they, they should, <laughs> the, obviously it's, it's hard to say when you don't have a person in front of you, but just generally three key points, someone who, spends all day at a desk should consider when going on couch to 5k yeah yeah uh, first of all couch to 5k depends where you are at in your running if you've run at all when a couch to 5k is a really good starting point whereas some people who couch to 5k is even challenging for so always I, th I think the principles of all of these training plans is start somewhere and build up from there just because you're following a plan if you're struggling on week two and you're thinking, oh, no, I've got to increase the distance going into next week, there's nothing wrong with repeating the week you've just done. You don't always have to follow exactly what's on that plan. Use it as a baseline. Use it as a core, almost like a core training plan. But don't feel like you have to hit every single session the way it's exactly written out. Because always couch to 5Ks, as we've just kind of mentioned, they are general. They are for the general person getting into it. So unless you've sat down with somebody who knows your lifestyle, who knows what you do, apply a bit of logic to it as well. There's something, well, something quite well known as a 10% rule. So you never want to be doing more than 10% on a weekly basis. So you never want to increase your distance or your time, however you like to run, by more than 10% each week. So yeah, I'd say that's one thing really. Follow a training plan, but also use a bit of how your body is flexible mind. with it um secondly we just mentioned the issues which ty is having to work on on these ultra distance runs they're no different to starting off in the 5k these are the areas that people struggle with they struggle with tight calves i get people in with uh, knee issues because of overly strong quads compared to hamstrings exactly the same as what you're experiencing i get people in with back pain and they've got back pain because their glutes aren't really doing much. They're all hamstrings. So all the muscles from your hips below, but on the back side of you, so your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves, make sure you're doing something to condition those, whether it's um, gym work or whether it's literally just something that, you know, you might have somebody, you might follow us, you might follow somebody on social media who promotes these exercises, but make sure you're training your glutes, your hamstrings, and your calves. Most people's quads are strong enough. And if you really need to, you can focus on those two. So we've got two things there. We've got 
training volume and we've got condition in the right muscles. And thirdly, I'm going to go a little bit obscure here, but know the reason why you want to get into running. What's the purpose? If you're running because you've just been um, nominated to run five, donate five, <laughs> that might work for you because you might be inspired to donate the, the money to a charity. Something might inspire you because your friends just nominated you and challenged you. That might be the reason you've gone and done the run. But whatever the reason you're going out and running is, make sure it's solid. Make sure it's a reason where on your bad days, when you're only two minutes, three minutes into the run, and think, oh, I can't be bothered, should I turn around? Make sure you've got a reason that you actually want to go on and finish the run. Some people like listening to music. Some people prefer not to listen to music. I mean, I'll ask you guys in a second. Personally, I don't like to because especially when you're starting off running, the tone or the beat of the music can dictate your running. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there there are a lot of running playlists you'll find on Spotify or something which are done based on this many beats per minute equates to this many strides per minute. And it's trying to give your brain that signal to to speed you up or slow you down. And particularly if you're, like we're talking mainly about novice runners here, if you're using music to speed you up, then your chances are you're gonna put yourself in a position that your body isn't ready for. You're not fit enough yeah. or conditioned enough for, and and that will lead to some kind of. It's injury. like going out for a run with somebody who's been running mostly all their life, and just going, "Oh, I'll go at your pace." You, it's like I think it's the same thing with music, but also another negative side of music is it's another reason not to walk out your door. If you always listen to music, and then suddenly you fancy a run. Oh, I haven't got my headphones or my headphones are, you know, out charge or you've got to carry your, your phone with you, whatever it is. It's just another reason not to go out the door. So I'd summarize if you're trying to get into running, make sure, yeah, number one, make sure that you are gradually increasing yourself into running, run because you enjoy running. Uh, number two, have a reason for why you're getting into it. No, no. Number two, make sure you're conditioned to run for it. So target all the right muscles in the calves hamstrings and glutes and number three being make sure you are running for a reason and not just for the sake of it try and minimize distractions but yeah that's just three things there's loads of things that we can yeah i think music's music's a good one on a kind of quick point when we're talking about running technique and things if you run without music try and make your feet as light as possible so if you can get to a point where you can't hear your feet making contact with the floor, then you've reduced the impact down. It's, it's putting less stress through your, through your ankles, your knees, your hips. So if you can use, whereas if you've got headphones in, you're not going to be able to hear that. If you can hear the, your feet landing over the music, then your technique definitely needs some work. So yeah, right. that, that would be. Yeah. And the same with breathing as well. You can like breathing, getting into a rhythm with your breathing. If you can't hear it, then it's much easier to shut that that out of your your mind but kind of moving on a little bit you mentioned about reasons and stuff like that so Ty obviously with developments over the last few months a lot of your reasons for for doing this challenge are gone certainly for probably at least six months so how are you kind of keeping yourself motivated and keeping yourself training during this this period now Okay. Yeah, that's a really good question because um, I have struggled in the last few weeks with motivation a lot. One of the reasons I started this challenge was for some motivation. So those people who know me know that I've got a little boy, he's just turned one, 
and those of you who have kids know that if there's one way to completely turn your exercise regime on its head is to have kids so in the last sort of 12 months of last year I did nowhere near as much exercise as I wanted to and it started to affect my mental health so I wouldn't go so far as to say depressed because depression is something which affects people very genuinely but I certainly noticed that through changes to my body shape and changes to my routine I didn't feel as happy and I didn't feel as good about myself and about things. Uh, add that to the pressures of being a new father and things as you can imagine could get a bit complicated. So I set that as a challenge to myself to give myself something to aim for, uh, something to motivate me to get up and get out and run or, uh, or, or do, do strength and conditioning and weights or whatever it happens to be when I didn't want to. Because uh, I always used to joke um, that the best thing about running is finishing because I was never really a runner, but I always, always felt better at the end of a run than I did at the beginning. Uh, and that was always my motivation for starting the run because I always enjoyed it, even though I never looked forward to it. If that makes sense. I'm sure there's people out there who empathize with that. So yeah, motivation took a bit of a hit when the event started being canceled. And I'm thinking, well, what do I do? Do I keep training hard? Do I stop? Do I rehab my ankle a bit? Or is that really just an excuse to not get out and go running? And I had a bit of a chat with you, Paul, and, uh, and with a few others. And I think with the rat race virtual events, motivation is a bit more on track. So the Dirty Weekend virtual is something to aim for, partly because it's a 20-mile run, which is quite a long run, and partly because it's a 20-mile run that lots of other people are doing on the same day. And there'll be lots of it on Strava and there'll be lots of it on Facebook and on Instagram. And there are a few people I know who are going to do it. So it's not just going out for a training run. Even though I'll be on my own, it'll be an event. Runstock, again, I want to hit ultra distance on Runstock. And to go out and run 10 laps of a 5K route or more, you need to have put the miles in. And the fact that it's over two or three days, don't let that fool you. It will still be rough. Lap 10 will still hurt. And partly I've sort of dialed back why I'm running um, and I've reappraised why I'm running. So Luke, you said you should know why you're running and I agree with that. And I think at the beginning, I wanted to do more running in order to improve my health, my well-being, my mental state. And because I was having motivation issues and time issues and excuse issues, I set myself a big daft challenge to be the motivation. As the big daft challenge has dissolved, or at least been deferred in part to next year, I've gone back to the first reason. So I'll go out for a run, and I won't say, today I need to run 12 miles, or today I need to run for two hours, or whatever that happens to be. I'll go, today I'm gonna run, I'm gonna take all the kit and sun cream and water that I need to run 20 miles. And, when I stop enjoying myself, I'm going to slow down a bit. And if I completely stop enjoying myself, I'm going to turn around and go home. And if I do eight miles or 10 miles or 20 miles, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter because I've gone out and I've gone for a run. And you're um, going for your health. Yeah. And that, Wicked. for me, has been golden. That's really cool. It's a really good idea as well. Enjoy it's running for the running. And that's another reason I don't listen to music because we drive everywhere or cycle everywhere. And 
if you run or you walk and you're not paying attention to music, you suddenly realize that actually the British countryside is full of birds. Mm. It's full of little trickly streams and just being outside in nature and feeling the sun on your face and listening to the nature. That, that is a big thing for me. I really enjoy that. And I think you missed that with music. Yeah. I I think that is a a massive thing. It's a long time since I've done road running regularly. Um, I used to use music with that all the time, but on the trails, I'm quite happy with that music and you just, you take in nature a lot more and time passes much more as well, much more quickly and generally find it more enjoyable. But kind of on that note, one thing I've been doing these last few weeks with clients is just setting a running challenge each week. So we had go and do a set of hill sprints one week and everyone went out and did that. And yeah, but the one this, this week um, that we're finishing up now, I said, right, it's an exploration, exploration challenge. So, the thought being that a big part of particularly trail running and the reason people enjoy trail running is going into the unknown and seeing things they haven't seen before and just experience you know finding these hidden gems they knew nothing about so this exploration challenge was just go out run somewhere you've never run before obviously near to your home so it was just a case of right when you're running and you run past that path that you run past every time you run and you always think i wonder where that goes this week you're going to go down it and find out and the feedback's been brilliant people saying i found all these places and i'll definitely be going back there and i've is you know i'm not thinking about the running and being out of breath i'm thinking about where i am and it just puts people much more in the moment and it also comes back to kind of what luke was saying earlier about i oh know it wasn't luke sorry it was ty you were talking about it a second ago about, i was thinking about it <laughs> about the easier runs and not just pushing yourself and going for a time because one thing a lot of people do wrong when they are training for events is they push themselves too hard all the time and they they burn out or they get injured or something and the majority of your training running should be done at quite an easy pace and then you use your, your intervals and all that kind of stuff to to build your your thresholds and increase your speed but all these bases have been covered simply by saying this week go on a run and go somewhere you haven't been before and yeah then- i really agree with that so um well paul knows this i don't know if you knew his type but i moved well well i moved homes about nine months ago and okay. it's, been, it's been so fun because it's, I've never been to this area before. Very hilly to start off with. So you could argue and go, oh, it's a reason not to run. But No, that's a reason to run. There are so many places nearby. Like you say, the streams, smiley people, just long, mm. long roads going up, roads which you would never even think about and just trying to explore. So, yeah, bringing into a little bit of what Paul said about the exploring, brilliant running should be an adventure i think for me doesn't mean that's the same for everybody but for me running is an adventure and for you like you say it's so it's a good way of getting so close to nature and being in tune so last thing about music because there's lots of points being raised about music i find that when you listen to music or, or any kind of situation like that i feel like you are trying to take your mind off of what you're doing when you don't listen to music 
and there's thoughts that can go through your brain without music anyway you could be trying to we've we've done events together in the past and i know particularly man versus uh coast of paul paul was quicker than me but he really didn't like the event i loved every single second of it and and uh, our friend sam was slightly behind me he loved it even more than i did and i think he gets to a certain point in events that you may have done in the past where you think Oh, just keep going, just keep going. Oh, that doesn't hurt, that doesn't hurt. And you really lose tune as to what your body's doing. You tune out of you just try and put yourself over here somewhere. Oh, everything's fine. But yeah. when you get rid of the music and you're trying to focus on every little muscle contraction you've got, every, your technique and all these other things, I find that you enjoy running more. I agree with you. Yeah. So one of the, uh, I've got a really good example of this actually, which is the first man versus mountain that I did. I had trained the distance before, so I knew I could run the distance. So I just shot for a jump time. In quickly and just, Go for it. Just very quickly, just say for anyone who's watching this, Man versus Mountain is what, 22 miles ish, wasn't it? Carnarvon was it? Carnarvon Castle yeah. to Snowdon Summit and then down to Clanberris. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, then, so it's. It's a, a hilly run, shall we say. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is a hilly run. But the mistake I made was I was like, I'm going to shoot for a time. I can't remember what the time was now. It was a few years ago. Um, I didn't hit it. <laughs> and I hated it. I hated, I didn't hate the whole run, but from 18 miles to 20 something, Rat Race have got a bit of a thing. They'll say it's a 22 mile event and then you'll run past a sign that says 22 miles, which just says, only joking, it's 25. But I just remember the last three or four miles of it just being awful. My calves were cramping. One of my quads was cramping. I was cold. I was wet. I was miserable. I'd run out of sugar and I just hurt. So when I signed up for Man vs. Lakes two years ago, I was like, it's 30 miles. I've never run 30 miles before. I didn't train 30 miles. So I went into it with, I'm just going to take it easy. If it hurts, I'm going to slow down. If it's too steep, I'm going to walk. And I crossed the finish line in, I don't know, seven hours with a really big smile on my face, thoroughly enjoyed the whole event because I wasn't just screwing every little bit of performance out. And, yeah. and it was great. Yeah. You go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah, go out and enjoy yourself. You know, if you're one of these ultra runners who can win, then that's completely different. You know, you're an athlete training in your sport to win you know, and you might be ruined for months after, after winning an ultramarathon. If you are an ordinary mortal and you're running because you love it or you're running because you want a personal challenge or you're running to raise money for charity and you're not going to win, by all means, push yourself. If pushing yourself does it for you and pushing yourself every mile constantly for 30 miles does it for you, then do but don't do it at the detriment of enjoying the run. If you cross the finish line and go, I'm never doing that again, in my opinion, you've missed the point. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a, a good point. And that's um, probably a good place to, to wrap things up as well. I think so. Okay. So yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, before we go, Ty, where can people find out more about you, about your challenge? Where can they make donations? Um, okay. So um so you can go to my website, which is www.runtobeatcancer.co.uk. You can find me on Facebook, which is Running to Beat Cancer. You can find me on Instagram, and I'm 
running to, I'm running to beat cancer 2020 with all underscores with the spaces. But go on my website and there's a link. I'm on Twitter. I'm just at Ty Daily on Twitter. And before we sign off, uh, I do want to just put another shameless plug in for my four sponsors because they have been uh, they've been great. So thank you to First Off IT, thank you to Shepherd's Health, thank you to Blue Marine Travel, thank you to Fuelbox, and thank you to everyone who has sponsored me so far. And, uh, and thank you Luke. for you guys for having me. Oh, you're very welcome, Luke. Same question: Where can people find you? Find out more uh, about what you do. Where can people find me with what I do? Okay. Um, so find out more about you you know the usual question yeah so my website is zenanatomy.co.uk i'm on instagram as zen underscore anatomy I, do, I don't roam twitter um, but you can find me on zen anatomy sports therapy on facebook as well and there's a lot of running related content on there too and uh, i am at paul rose pt on pretty much everything facebook instagram etc and my website is paulrosept.com Thanks very much for tuning in and we will see you or Luke and I will see you next, next time. time. Thanks very much for joining us. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye guys.